living in a world that's all by design, it's up to us to break the chains of tyranny to become we, the ungovernable. You are listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Renegade. This show has been sponsored by InertMugs.com. Now, you want to stand out in the crowd? Go to InertMugs.com and check out their site for all their kick-ass tumblers that they have on site. He was an EOD tech in the military, so all these tumblers are specifically designed and created around the military ordinance he had to deal with in the military. Now, they have 14-ounce and 20-ounce tumblers. You can get the high-explosive grenade tumbler, the riot control grenade tumbler, the smoke grenade tumbler, the 500-pound bomb tumbler, the high-explosive tumbler, the VX gas chemical tumbler, and the screening smoke tumbler. Now, like I said, he was an EOD tech in the military, and these are all got the finer details, and they all are customed after the military ordinance. He also has a tumbler that's out that he has worked and collaborated with Change Unchained, the 501c3 anti-human trafficking organization. They have come together and they have a burn it down uh, tumbler that's out. Right now they are sold out, but you can get on and you can also pre-order the next round when they're available. So please go check out the site. They have a lot of other amazing things such as shirts, stickers, hats, Please go check out innertmugs.com. It's all the flair without the pop. I just wanted to take a moment to talk about the second annual We Want the Names rally being held in Washington, D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial on Saturday, October 7th at 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. This is being ran by We Want the Names Foundation. This is Jess and Amy and their kick-ass team of patriots that are, you know, stepping up. We want the names. We want prosecutions. We all know about Jeffrey Epstein and the Epstein Island, the Lolita Express, and all the things tied to it. But why has there been no investigations? Why has there been no indictments? And why has not one person outside of Jesley Maxwell been prosecuted? We know about a lot of the names that are on the list. We know the people that are on the flight logs, except for the other one that they have federally sealed. We want people to be held accountable. We want people prosecuted for the crimes against those young children that were on that island. It needs to be investigated, people need to be indicted, and people need to be prosecuted. So please go check out wewantthenames.com. Follow all the things that they have on there about it. There's, you know, dress code and behavior and rules for the event because we don't want anything to go wrong and we don't want this to be a J6 situation. Now, please go check it out and support it and hopefully everybody can go if not please you know give it support promote it and put it out there thank you for listening all right welcome to the show everybody 
I'm very excited about this next episode we're going to do. I have someone that I've just fallen in love with as far as her advocacy and everything she's doing in the world of human trafficking. And I would like to welcome on to a Patriot Mama. Welcome to the show. Well, I thank you. And thank you for having, having me on. No problem. So how are you today? I'm very good. Spent most of the day on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. That's about, about pretty much what I've done all day today. <laughs> so what are things looking like up there on the East Coast for you? Uh, what's it looking like? Let's see. As far as child trafficking or just in general? <laughs> just in general. We'll get to the child trafficking in a moment. Um, you know what? I honestly, I've I've kind of just steered away from a lot of what's going on in the news, except for what I just saw today about Kevin McCarthy. So I was cheering that on. Yes. Um, I kind of just at this point, I don't trust any government either side. So I just I let everybody else take the reins on that all over the apps and all over social media. And I kind of just watch as it happens because it frustrates me. And I just bury my head in, in what I do. Yeah. And it's amazing everything that you've done. And uh, it's because of you. It taken me on my journey down following everything with the human trafficking and the child sex trafficking and everything like that. And, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on the show is because you're just such a big proponent uh, about getting out there, about advocating for the victims and everything that's going on in this world. And it's kind of opened my eyes the past few years just following you. Uh, I knew it was going on, but I didn't know the severity of it going on here in the U.S. And listening to you and uh, seeing all your videos that you post about it, it just opened my eyes even broader and, you know, made me want to get in and start promoting and, and doing things to help that situation out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a big problem globally, but what a lot of people don't realize is how bad it really is and what it looks like here in America. And and, you know, I'm in this since the first day that I understood what child trafficking was, which was nine years ago, and just started educating myself and just from regular statistics all the way down rabbit holes with a lot of stuff. And it goes in all different directions. But um, what I really, really over the past, I'd say two or three years really focused on was what was going on here in America and the social media was so saturated with a lot of conspiracy theories, myself included, because it does go that way as well. However, I mean, we could be screaming about Epstein's list all day long um, and not be able to do anything about it. But what about the kids that are being, you know, trafficked out of your own backyards, you know, in your neighborhood, all, all of the predators that are in the schools and everything else. And I felt that there was not enough attention on that. So I decided to steer away from all of the, you know, conspiracy theory stuff, um, which a lot is coming out day by day and focus more on these kids because these kids need just as much attention. So I found ways to get involved with organizations like Change Unchained um, and started educating myself more on what was happening right here in our backyards. And it shocked me it shocked me to my core that I could not believe the statistics of what was going on. On average in the United States, 2,300 children get reported missing every single 
day. That's unreal, isn't it? Every single day on average. Um, and that's reported. So, and I know that there is such an underreporting, and I know we see numbers, but that's what they have to go by. Um, so whenever I see numbers, I know that it's probably way higher in reality. So um, I just was tired of, I, I just felt like I was banging my head against the wall. And I said, I got to figure out a way to actually do something. I can't just sit here and keep posting about this. Um, I got to do more. So I found a way to, when I saw opportunities uh, to volunteer with this group, um, the Shepherds, and fly all the way to, I got on a plane. I flew all the way to Vegas. I signed up for the volunteer option for three days um, because I had become um, friends with the founders of Change Unchained who are part of the Shepherds. I was cleared and background checked um, to go into the task force house to get a peek behind the curtain of what actually happens because they knew that I wanted to go further and do more. Um, so they allowed me to take a peek and it was very eye-opening, very eye-opening. Um, and from there, I have not stopped and they saw that I wanted to continue and they brought me in on a local New Jersey search near my, my house. And then, um, I now am a part of them. I'm part of this team nationwide team and I travel with them and stay with them in the Airbnbs with the whole task force team. And, and we'll be doing all of these rescues with them, search and rescues. That's awesome. Now, you're talking about Change Unchained, and I had Troy on my show. Um, God, I love him and, and Tiffany and everything that they're about with their organization and their story. I mean, mm -hmm. it just goes to show no matter who you are, your child is, you know, exposed, and you sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was just mind blowing to me that, you know, here's a guy military and his own child in his household is being trafficked and he didn't even know it. He didn't know. And he was coming home every night and playing video games with him and he didn't even know it. Yeah. I mean, it just, it blew my mind. And then that's one that helped me open up to, hey, you know, I need to do what I can to help organizations out like Change Unchained and, uh, seeing you helping the shepherds and, and promoting that. So I've gained a little bit of traction with doing that as well, trying to put stuff out, doing what I can to like connect people. You know, if I can't physically be there to do anything, I want to at least be able to promote it, yeah. make people aware about it. You know, if there's any kind of events that's going on, I want to put that out there so people know about it. Yeah, the the education, the awareness, all of that. And that's what I try to put out there is really what it looks like in America so I can bring the reality to everybody. Um, you know, it could be your own child. You wouldn't even know it that is getting trafficked under your own roof, coming home every night, sitting down at the dinner table, going to bed, going to school, and you wouldn't even know it if you're not paying attention. That's how bad it is out there. Um, the Internet is is. Oh my gosh, it is horrendous, horrendous. Um, you know, these kids are being targeted left and right. They're being lured from their homes. Um, they're, they're, you know, especially from broken homes, they're very targeted. They're, they're, 
you know, the typical age that a child is trafficked is, is about 11 to 14 years old. Um, it's, it's getting really bad. And, um, there is a lot more awareness out there. There is a lot more eyes open. Um, I am seeing a lot more of like sting operations going down. Um, you know, there is definitely, it's not enough. It's never going to be enough because of how bad it is out there. Um, like we're looking at Ohio right now. Ohio just this year alone has over a thousand kids reported missing. I mean, every month it's on average, like 30 to 40 kids are going missing. And so, you know, that caught my eye. Now that's a state that we don't have, um, you know, uh, ground in yet because we don't have a partnership with, with the law enforcement. And the only way we could go in and come do a 501c3 can do a search and rescue in a state is if they have approval and partnership with the law enforcement because a 501c3 can't just come in there take over these missing kid cases and when you know you find these kids and if they are being trafficked we don't have the authority to put this child in our car an underage child in our car it's it's not legal for us to do that so we have to have that law enforcement partnership so with ohio um, I have been on the phone with multiple people um, that have that live in Ohio and have some connections and are doing some things. They just recently had a missing persons convention, like a summit or something with all different boots of what's going on to bring awareness, which I was very impressed with. Um, so and they are looking for help. They don't have enough manpower. And that's across the U.S. Our law enforcement does not have enough manpower to take on what is physically going on. So um, they are looking for certified search and rescue organizations that, you know, have a good reputation like the shepherds um, to come in there. So I think we are closing in on this gap where we could get our foot in the door and actually get there. So um, there's going to be some phone calls made by the, by people that I, I'm with in Shepherds. Um, someone is actually Tiffany. She's going to be making some phone calls to the people over in Ohio and see if we can get in there with them. That's great. Now, when you're talking about the Shepherds, could you let everybody know who all is involved with the Shepherds? Okay. So the Shepherds basically is made up of a group of different organizations that have come together and collaborated as one big force across this country. So um, at the head is Call to Rescue, which is Brad Dennis who has been in this field for, I believe, 37 years. He also is a retired vet. He is a pastor. Um, they also do a lot of ministry work. Um, Free International, which is a huge organization run by Mark, Mark, uh, Mike Bartell out of Nevada, Vegas. Um, he is the one who actually created the Big Search, I believe, 15 years ago. Um, Change Unchained, who... They have the aftercare. They're building the tiny home village for the uh, 18 and over women uh, aftercare village, which is so needed and lacking in this country. Um, then there is ARM, which I believe is Anonymity Rescue Mission. Um, that is also an organization by a vet. Um, there's SWAT League, which is Sports World Against Trafficking. That's another organization, another vet. Um, oh gosh, what was the other one? Dare to Hope is another one. 
She's out of Alabama. It's about, I want to say it's about seven or eight organizations I've met. Uh, I'm pretty much like 90% of them at these rescues. They are amazing, amazing people. Every single one of them volunteers their time to do this, travels to do this, um, gives up their time with their families to go rescue other kids. That's awesome. Now, I know I've reached out to a group called the Sentinel Foundation. I don't know if you've heard of them. It's by Glenn Divitt and Matt Murphy, and they are both veterans as well, and they do the same thing as Change Unchained and Call to Rescue. And I've, you know, I've been in contact with them to try and get them to come on the show and to reach out to you and to Troy and to Brad, Um, because I think they would be, you know, they travel around the world as well doing this. So, oh wow. So this is something I was trying to get them to come aboard on. And, you know, we've been in talks and hopefully they will be coming on the show before too long. Oh, good. Um, they were also consultants on the film sounds of freedom. Okay. So, so I think they would be, you know, a very awesome group to come in and, and work with you guys as well. So I've tried to reach out and actually Glenn's reached out back to me and said that, you know, once his schedule slows down a little bit, then maybe we can get a get a podcast going. And I let him know about Change Unchained and the, the Shepherds and everything as well. So, Oh, awesome. But uh, yeah, uh, what about Kentucky? Do you have anybody that you're working with in Kentucky? Um, Kentucky, I don't think we have any ground there. Not that I know of off the top of my head. Um, we have Nevada. We have mm-hmm. Minnesota. We have Mississippi. Oh, Say Something School Assembly is also part of this as well. They travel to different schools and, and do, I made a video about it as well. Um, they've been on my podcast as well. They travel uh, around the country to go speak to junior high school and high school students about bullying, suicide, trafficking, and addiction. Yeah. That's, Awareness. That's definitely something that needs to be a lot of focus about too, because of everything that's coming through the border, as far as the fentanyl crisis we got. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to gain better with anything that's coming through the border. I mean, the trafficking, the drugs, you would think the government would really care about the American people and would want to take and protect our kids. But it seems like the American people have to be the ones to take it in our own hands. Well, I fully believe the only way you're going to get it done is if you do it yourself. Um, I can't sit here holding my breath anymore for anybody in government. I've just seen a lot of talk about it, and I've never seen anything really, really, really get done when this should be a no-brainer. When we're sitting here, like I'm following a lot of the laws, and I I always follow the laws, especially the ones that benefit survivors. One in particular is dropping of statute limitations on child sex assault, Um, child sex abuse. So, I mean, for that, in my opinion, in any state, because... It is statistics show that, you know, on average, a child, a child that was assaulted um, or abused, typically the average age that they finally come out about it is age 52. Um, And 86 percent of the cases do not even get reported. 
Yep. And I went to I went to Catholic schools, so I can tell you, the hmm. all three all three of the Catholic schools I went to, all three of the priests that were in those schools were all pedophiles. They were all arrested. They all went to prison. They all, you know, molested kids and had child pornography on their computers. And yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. It and, is everywhere. I mean, it. it it doesn't matter if you're super wealthy or you're super poor. There's somebody in that group that's doing this. Yeah, it, it is absolutely everywhere. Um, the churches is a huge problem. And I'm, I'm happy to, to see as of 2018 was when they finally started um, doing the reports like you're you're starting to see like by each state the attorney general reports for the state um the most recent one i believe well Mich- maryland it was a huge one they just dropped their statute of limitations they are now the 10th state to completely get rid of the statute of limitations on csa um which is amazing because immediately they had 400 cases come forward um i had a follower uh, saw that I posted it, that it took effect yesterday, uh, m- Sunday, um, that it dropped and people are able to now file as adults for anything that had happened to them as a child. And this person, and, and I do edit her video, but because I posted it, she had no idea because I posted it. She saw that she was able to go and she called and she, she filed, uh, they opened an investigation for her, for her report today that's awesome um we we need more of this i mean i can't stress it enough we need our we need our politicians to start backing the victims and taking care of the victims more than just you know backing the the offenders and the ones that are doing this stuff you know like california what they released seventy thousand. uh, predators in their state yeah i mean come on (laughs) it's you know the slap on the wrist if we you know florida did it right although i know it's gonna hard it's gonna be hard for them i mean they have some strict things in place and i didn't read through all of it but just the fact alone that they were the first state and i didn't think it was gonna get signed i didn't think it was gonna pass but it got passed you know the death penalty for 12 and under um but you know The, the slap on the wrist that they have in, in each state, and it's the same crime, and it's a different recommended sentence in every state, just makes no sense to me. Because it's the same thing over and over again. They get released. They get probation. They get this. They register. They do it again. There is no reforming them. There is no fixing this. There is no rehabilitating them at all. Zero. There's zero. It's a sickness. They can't help themselves. I mean, look at this teacher that just got arrested a couple of weeks ago for raping a 12-year-old child. She's a fourth-grade teacher. She's married. One of her students, she got let out the same day. She was laughing when she was handcuffed, too. I have the picture of her, like, laughing, smiling as she's being brought past her husband in handcuffs for this. She was let out the same day on $25,000 bond. And guess what? She got locked up again yesterday because guess what she was doing? On the same phone, the same phone number, 
texting that victim, the same victim she got arrested for. She's back in jail. And now they're not putting her out on bond. Don't let them out. Why would you let them out? I would like to take a moment to talk about my official sponsor of the Renegades Rant podcast. That's trinot.com backslash Sinmin, C-I-N-M-I-N. Now, this is Cindy Davis, and she is a representative for Trinot. And please go check out her website and check out her shop because she has a lot of amazing products. These are for both men and women, and these are products you can trust. Now, they have products such as Enrich. This is a fan favorite that's specially formulated to support the body's microbiome and encourage healthy digestion. Also, check out Nourish. Uh, Look after your gut, microbiota, and your skin will flourish. This is a GOS prebiotic meal replacement to help improve gut health and nutrition. Also improves gut skin access and increases beauty benefits on the skin. So please, if you would, go check out Cindy Davis and trinot.com backslash sinmen. Now, if you need to get a hold of her, you can also email her at sinmen03 at gmail.com. You can also find her in my link tree in my bio. Thank you. Yeah, that's that just goes to show it doesn't matter what kind of field anybody can be in. The people who want to hurt kids can come from any kind of background. Well, the Ohio thing that they just took down 160 people ages 17 to 84 years old were arrested. Um, You had teachers, EMT, you had nurses, you had law enforcement, you you had every background you can think of was arrested. Yep. And same same with uh, Florida, that thing they just had down there. Now, Grady Judge, I think we'd need more and more sheriffs like Grady Judge. Listen, I know there's a lot, you know, with this clone stuff going on. Can we clone him? Like, let's put one of him in every state. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, him and Mark Lamb are my two yeah. favorite sheriffs in this in this <laughs> country because they don't they they don't hold back. No. Every time I see like a news thing with with with, with Grady, I'm like, oh, let me get hold on, let me get my glass of wine. I gotta sit down. I gotta listen to this. <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. just recently had a show that was on that was on Discovery, I think, that it was a sexting operation show and he was taking people down. And I mean, it's just amazing just how well involved with his sheriff's department he is cuz most of the time you get a sheriff that's not really that out there, but him and like Mark Lamb, they're I mean, they're just out there. They're letting people know. Yeah. I tell you when I was in Pensacola doing the search with them, um, I was there for eight days. So I went there, uh, three days or two days early because the first two days before we started the search, um, I went down to do, uh, a crash course in SAR training, which is search and rescue training in the wilderness where they taught us, you know, um, medical stuff, how to use a tourniquet and all of that, um, how to look for clues, you know, how these search and rescue teams look for clues, which helped so much. 
and now makes you know it helps me understand like what what happened just upstate new york where they closed off the whole park and they wouldn't let volunteers come in they only had the certified search and rescue in there and like people were getting aggravated because they wanted help but i completely understand why they closed it off because the first 48 hours is the most important. They were looking for every possible clue they could, looking for fresh footprints. They were looking for bike trail, you know, bike prints. They were looking for, you know, any little thing that they can find. And if you have a mass amount of people coming in there and stepping all over it, you're going to screw up the crime scene. And it might cost them the entire search of finding this kid. So I applaud them that, you know, they they did it the right way. And I know people were mad, but as somebody that actually did a crash course in search and rescue training out in the wilderness, I understand completely now. Prior, I wouldn't have understood, but now I understand. Yeah, I mean, there's reasons why they have to do what they do and they don't want you contaminating a crime scene or, you know, potentially messing with evidence that could potentially, you know, identify their you know, suspect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we did the crash course. It, we, we were out in the, it was a hundred degrees out. This was in July. It was a hundred degrees out, out in these woods. And, um, there was four different training parts. And then at the end of it, I mean, we were out there till it was dark out. Um, you know, we were taught how to use a compass, how to, you know, when they were calling back on the radio to, you know, gave us coordinates. They taught us all of that. Um, and at the end of it, they gave us, you know, we had a barbecue and then they gave us, they set up a fake crime scene where we had to go find and use what we learned that day and go find this body that was kind of buried in the woods. And taking pictures and marking all of the clues and they put all the, they, they went out there and they put all the clues out there and, and we found it. We found it. So do they teach you how to do tracking? Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. I did a survival course where I, uh, I was taught how to do tracking. I mean, I knew kind of how to do tracking because I hunt, but not the kind of tracking that I was taught during the survival thing. And, yeah, it's it can definitely come in hand when you're trying to find something or somebody. Yeah, it was intense. You know, it was intense doing that and, you know, thinking that, wow, this could, you know, because they've done this before, um, you know, to have to. And when you got to the final, when you actually found the final destination, you know, they they, they had like a bloody T-shirt in there with like a fake Halloween skeleton and stuff with the bloody knife and everything. They showed they even did the drag marks where the body might have been dragged to where the final plot was where this fake you know um person it was a, they they claimed they gave her a name and everything they they made it very real for us and it, it was it was intense because one day once you know all of my final training is done with all that um yeah that's gonna become a reality god forbid i hope never but it 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 could become a reality and I'll be out there doing this with this team. And it's intense. It's very intense. Unfortunately, not every search, you know, has complete happy endings. Um, so, but this is the reality of what's going on out there. Now, have you been part of a search where there was not a happy ending? Um, 
there was uh one thing that happened um while we were in Pensacola. Um there was a call in the middle of the night. Um, and I can only speak about this only because it was spoken about. Um they we were called in for an emergency um for two children. I don't know if you saw on the news that in Pensacola Beach there was a woman on the Navy base that was found uh that was drowned in the water off the Pensacola beach and they were searching for her, her two young daughters, six and eight years old. Um, so we were there and we got the call at 11 to be on standby. This was our last, my last night there. Um, the call came in at two in the morning to get to the base. And I actually didn't go only because I had a flight the next morning and I didn't know how long they were going to be. And I'm, and I didn't know what to do. And they're like, no, you have a flight in the morning. Just stay. They had to, they, they found the two children. They were also, unfortunately, um, they had drowned as well. And it was all over the news, but I would have been there. That's yeah. a shame. Um, yeah. There's nothing that can prepare you for something like that. It's just, you no. know, you know, working five and a half years in the emergency room, I can tell you it's uh, I've been part of some things that dealt with children being either, you know, murdered or uh, accidental drownings. But anytime it involves a child, you, uh, you no matter what, you're never going to be prepared for it. And, you know, it's another reason why I kind of stepped away from working in the ER because it just you can only take so much of that shit. Yeah. It's um, unfortunate, but this is the line of the work that that goes on. Um, not every story is a happy ending. Um, some of their cases, you know, they they end pretty quickly, you know, finding these kids. Some of them are still going on for a long time, you know, um, and they don't give up on them. That's what I love, too, is even if they do find them, they still continue to make sure that that child is OK. Um and check in on them and advocate for them, you know, depending on what the situation is. So they, they really are, they're an amazing group and I, I couldn't be happier to have found them and become part of them. So meeting Troy and Tiffany, how was it being down at the burn it down ranch? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so they were, uh, so their ranch is only like about an hour away from where we were in Pensacola and in between the search and rescue training and the actual search launching some emergencies came up. So, um, the, the rest of us got the day off. So Troy had texted me and said, Hey, why don't you go visit Tiffany? It's only an hour away. So I said, done. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran up there like nobody's busy. They dropped a pin. I got to go there, you know, turned off my location services. Cause you know, they, that's, they're very hidden. And I got to go spend the afternoon and the day, you know, with Tiffany on the ranch. And let me tell you, it is breathtaking. It is beautiful. What they have accomplished and built there is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. I applaud them for what they're doing. Um, they're, they're such beautiful people. They really, really are that ranch. And it broke my heart to see like tiny home number three, just the foundation sitting there knowing full well that if they had the money that would be built and there would be another survivor being able to get some aftercare. Um, so, you know, I, I, I said, I'm going to 
do my best to raise money. You know, we, we, ha I have the merch shop, which hundred percent of the proceeds goes to them. Um, so I revamped it, relaunched it, put all new designs, wood chipper designs in there and stuff to get it going. And we were just able to, after like two weeks of the relaunch, three weeks of the relaunch, um, we just donated like $220 of profit to them. Awesome. And it, yeah. So, you know, every little bit helps. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to do some fundraising in my community for them. They're just amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm uh, my one of my official sponsors for my show is Enter Mugs. Mm. So he's collaborating with Troy, yeah. of course, you've seen to do the the change, unchain, burn it down mugs. So, Love it. you know, I'm trying to help push that as well so we can get all the proceeds to try and help them get that that other tiny home built. Yeah. Because, I mean, Troy, I mean, I have not met met him and we've, you know, we just did the podcast together, you know, a couple months ago and, you know, just talking to the man. I just, I love everything he's about, everything he's doing. And, you know, I hope at one point in time that I can actually meet him and meet Tiffany and just be able to shake their hands and be like, you know, thank you for everything you're doing because it just means a lot. Yeah, they're doing amazing work. Um, they are Troy is who he is online. He's the same offline. I love his videos. I just crack up at people that try to, you know, bash him about his little, his, <laughs> his bitch biscuit on his head or whatever they were calling it one day. And <laughs> the videos that come out are just fucking hilarious. Yeah. Being able to work <clears throat> with, with that whole team and him and, you know, he's like family now to me because I'm what on three searches with him. Um, and, uh, he uh <laughs> he, they, they just, he just oh my gosh the comedy i actually got so at nighttime they do you know they have shifts during the day during the searches where they do intel work they do canvassing they have volunteers come in so there's you know they have a set schedule where they do everything and then canvassing um surveillance so i actually got partnered with troy to me and him to do some surveillance you know driving around and at some locations oh my gosh <laughs> He is a riot. He's a riot. <laughs> so two nights in a row, I got stuck with Troy as his partner doing surveillance. <laughs> He's nuts. <laughs> I can only imagine the tw 20 years of military experience and the things that he's got to talk about. <laughs> the conversations were all over the place, but so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, we're supposed to be working. <laughs> but, but no. I got to... I got to say that ranch is beautiful. I mean, I am absolutely, absolutely jealous. I'm, I'm like, I want to, I want to live in a tiny home now. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you, their tiny home for themselves, like theirs. Now, granted, yes, the survivor homes, they, they, one is smaller than the other, but they are perfect. 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 You know, the fact that he's got a, a gun range right there. And, you know, one of my questions when, when your Tiffany took me, drove me around on their side by side to show me the whole property and everything and what they also plan on doing down the line. But we went to the, you know, the driving range and stuff, which isn't right. It was, it's not right there, right by the survivor village. Um, however, you know, when I asked the question, they said, you know, do, do the survivors when they're staying here, do they have a problem when you you're using the gun range? your range and she said no i said well i'm sure you give them a heads up she goes yes we give them a heads up she goes but it also get, makes them feel safe believe it or not 
And that made sense to me because they know they're being protected. They know that they are in a very protected area. You know, there's a lot of surveillance. There's a lot of cameras and they have people there protecting them. So it doesn't bother them, which made sense to me. But I was curious. But they, you know, they, they, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I would move there in a heartbeat. Oh, you and me both. (laughs) And I was, I was never the type of person to be like, "Ah, I would like to live in a tiny home. But after seeing all that, I'm like, man, I could actually do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) They have a beautiful setup. Now, do you have any goals on any more things that you would like to do? for yourself or to further the uh, experience of doing what you're doing? Um, Right now, what I'm working on um, is trying to make some connections around the country with certain things. Um, I have some meetings set up with some um, people that just want to jump on, like different ministries that want to jump on board as far as um, getting in on fundraising efforts for the shepherds. Um. I have some high profile I can't speak of until that lunch happens, but I have some pretty high profile um, conversations happening at the moment that want to jump on board um, with assisting or, you know, backing or fundraising for what we do. Um, And I don't want to jinx it either, but until those lunches or meetups and other conversations happen um i'll leave it there (laughs) (laughs) but that's what i'm trying to do right now is trying to get um organizations or or groups that do have fundraising efforts and can't physically get out there to do what we do to actually assist in you know let them they want to help but they can't you know physically go jump on planes all over the place um but they want to help in some way Um, Whether it be awareness or me coming to speak at something um, to bring the education and the awareness. But that's a lot of what I'm trying to get out there is a lot of the education, because I think that's that's the key to all of this is absolutely bringing this education to everybody. Now, mind you, yes, I love the sound of freedom. I saw it. I loved it. I love that it brings awareness. However, we we can't think that that's what it looks like here. Because that's not what it looks like. That is such a small percentage of what's actually going on in this country. And we really need to bring what is going on in this country to the front of all of this. Yes, we do. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. So can you let everybody know where to find you and anything else you want to add to it? No, I think we're good. All right. Um, as far as finding me, uh, you could find us on Rumble under Dark to Light, the number two, 1111. Um, gosh, I'm on Twitter under 28Patriot74. I'm on Instagram under 28Patriot Mama. TikTok, I'm under 28Patriot Mama. Or you could look at Dark to Light 1111. I think I have both on there. Um, I think that's that's all I'm on. Yeah, I think that's all I'm on. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, that's the show, everybody. So take care. Have a good night. Good night. Okay, everyone. So I wanted to take a little bit of time away from my podcast 
to bring an awareness to the real pandemic that's going on in this country, human trafficking. Now, everyone knows that the border is a crisis right now, and this is one of the things that happens with a open border is we're seeing a lot of human trafficking coming in and out of this country. So you see $150 billion in illegal profits per year. 4.8 million people trafficked for forced sexual exploitations. You also have 71% of those being women and girls. 0.04% of the survivors of human trafficking cases are identified. Now, there's an amazing nonprofit organization. They're a 501c3. The name is Change Unchained. You can go to changeunchained.com and it gives their backstory and what they're about. Now, this is ran by Troy and Tiffany. And Troy is a U.S. Navy chief petty officer. And him and his wife, they go out and they do the search and rescue operations. And then they also do the aftercare for the survivors. They have a ranch called the Burn It Down Ranch where they build tiny homes. And the survivors get to come back and they'll live in these tiny homes and they will receive their aftercare. So they are in need of help getting some donations. They have a merch link on their website, so you can go on their website and buy their merch, and all that profit goes towards the tiny homes and the aftercare for those survivors. So if you would, please go and check out changeunchained.com. Thank you. Well, my question to you is, do you think that they hold a little bit more preferential treatment towards the females versus the males when it comes to teacher student sexual activity. Yes. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to Mary Kay Letourneau. I mean, even further back than, than that, but if you want to go as far as like mainstream, whenever things were being reported, if you remember Mary Kay Letourneau's case, they basically gave her a slap on the wrist as well. And she still continued to have a relationship with the young man. It's oh, um, the anger that I I get when I see these things. Because um, Lord help if it was ever my child. Oh my gosh, I have a twelve and a thirteen year old, twelve year old daughter and a thirteen year old son. And God help anybody did any anything like this to my child. <laughs> I'd rock an orange jumpsuit like nobody's business. <laughs> um, I... It 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 just. Oh my gosh. Um, but yes, do I see a, a different treatment for women? Yeah, a pedophile is a pedophile in my book. I don't care what group you're from. I don't care what profession you have. You know, I've seen people arguing in the comments, you know, when when it's one group is, you know, an article is posted and they obviously, the media is at fault for this as well, you know, highlighting who the person is. And then people will come in the comments. Well, what about this? And what about that? And, and I just said, you kid, you're kidding me, right? We're going to argue about statistics. Who did it better than the other? Because in my mind, I don't care what group you're from. One child in any of your groups that you associate with is too many. 
the fact that we're sitting here arguing over statistics of who did it better, no, that's not going to fly for me. Yeah. Once you cross that line, whatever group you were associated with no longer exists in my mind. You're a pedophile now. Now you're a pedophile. And in my mind, you deserve the death penalty. I 100% agree. I think anyone that performs a sexual act or does anything with a child, death needs to be imposed. You're a sick person. You can't be rehabilitated. You can't sell it to me that all these people can go get all this treatment and then they're just going to just, what, stop? No. It's like people who say they want to get uh, men castrated that violate children. It's They're still going to do it. They absolutely do. They use artificial toys. Correct. It's a sickness in their head. And I worked, you know, 21 years in the medical field, and I spent the majority of it in behavioral health, and I know exactly that these people cannot be rehabilitated. No. I've had to deal with them. And they are the still sick people. If you, some of the things I've read in these people's journals after being arrested, after doing some of the things they've done to children, and they're still fascinating, you know, fantasizing over it and still wanting to hurt children. That just tells me they need to be thrown in a wood chipper or yep. hung. Yep. Um, there's, there was just recently something that I saw and I just, my, my, my brain almost exploded because I was reading this article and this person, this was the fifth time they were being arrested for the same crime. At what point do you not realize that this guy's not going to stop? He doesn't care because you keep letting him out. He knows you're going to give him minimal sentencing and he's going to do it again. Yep. And it's like I've seen an article about a month ago about somebody that's come across the border and this is the sixth or seventh time that they have deported him back into Mexico. And this is the sixth or seventh time he has molested a child. But you're not going to arrest him. You're not going to do anything to him. You're just going to deport him. You know, these these sentences are, you know, and when I read these articles, because I do a daily search at least five times a day, um, I used to do a weekly video of all of them. I used to, on average, during, on a week, during the week, I can get, for seven days, about 70 articles, and I would put them all, like the headlines, in a like a one video. I'm getting 70 to 100 uh, hits a day now on arrests and sentencing. That's how many arrests are happening, which tells me that there is an uptick in cracking down on it. I am seeing seeing a lot more sting operations where they are putting stings in place, like Ohio just did where they took down 160 over in a week. They did this. Sometimes these things last a week. Sometimes they last a month. Sometimes they last a year. It depends on on, you know, what they're doing. So that actually gave me some hope for Ohio. Um, I'm said I'm still waiting to hear out of the over a hundred victims that were rescued were part of the missing children that I'm trying to highlight. Um, but Ohio is definitely a hot spot. Nevada is number one for trafficking. Nevada is the worst. And I've seen it. It is the worst. Well, they don't call it Sin City for nothing. Mm, exactly. <laughs> um, 
it's really bad there, which is why we're going back to Vegas. November 12th, we leave for Vegas. We're actually going um, <clears throat> with, you know, the Shepherds are going for a week. We'll be there during the Formula One because typically they like to um, organize these searches around sporting or any type of events that bring in tourists and stuff like that, because that's when the trafficking does uh, take a little bit of a increase. Um, so we will be going in during the week of the Formula One, we'll be there. Um, and then we'll be back in Vegas again, like we do every year, the week leading up to Super Bowl. The thing is this year, the Super Bowl is physically being held in Vegas, which is probably going to be insane. Yeah, and I'm sure that's when a big majority of your foreign diplomats and your, you know, super wealthy, you know, it's just like when they were in uh, Davos uh, bringing in all kinds of prostitutes. You know, there's all kinds of child trafficking going on during that. Of course. But are they going to do anything about it? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. And that's why we try to get in and do what we can. Now, have you tried to, like, for the Shepherds, have you guys tried to reach out to other organizations to come in for, like, Super Bowl week for this up and coming year? Um, we partner with, so Free International is uh, the big organization that's in Nevada. Um, so we, we, they're part of the shepherds. Um, they are, are very big, very, very, very big. Um, and they have mobile units and everything. They are very big in Nevada. So, um, we work hand in hand with the law enforcement anti, we have a very, very good partnership with their law enforcement there, their, their sheriff's, um, office, their anti-human trafficking unit, all of that. So they are all there with us working. Um, as far as other organizations, um, the people that they work with are, it's a bit of a family. So they, they have not uh, branched out quite yet. So they, they, they just typically work with the groups that they are with so far. They've been working together for years. Um, as far as bringing anybody else on, I'm not sure um, when and they're going to be opening that up. Well, I've been, I've been trying to get Rue Powell on my show. I've reached out to her for, from Sosa. Oh, I I love her. I would love to see Sosa get involved in that as well, because I think everything that they do there with that organization is, is badass as well. Yeah, she, so she's more on the uh, predator takedown. Now, we do have sting operations. However, we primarily focus on the uh, child rescue portion of it um, <clears throat> and leave the predator part, the pedophile part, the, you know, the traffickers part um, to law enforcement. And that's why we work with them. And if we are in a situation where that happens, they handle the traffickers. We handle the the rescuing of the children portion. Right. Now, have you had any kind of, has any of the organizations had any kind of pushback from any of the law enforcement or any kind of uh, uh, leadership from whether it be mayors or governors? Um, as far as I know, not that I know of. 
in the past before I was part of it? I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything while I've been there. I've seen nothing but gracious, um, accepting, um, you know, thankful that, you know, that, that we were there or they were there. So, so far, I haven't seen anything. Well, um, that's good. You know, I, what I'm finding is that a lot of law enforcement is, is so, across the country, is so um, lacking as far as manpower to handle the situations of the case. You know, because now that there's a lot more awareness, a lot more tips are coming in. But they don't have the manpower to handle it. So these cases are piling up on their desks while they're out dealing with the crime that's going on, the overabundance of crime that's happening now in this country. And they don't have the manpower to deal with it because it's all within, you know, these cities that this is going on. Now, yes, does trafficking happen in suburban areas as well? Of course. But there obviously is more of an increase of it or or a higher percentage of it happening in cities, but there's also crime going on there, there too, which goes hand in hand with it. And they, they, they don't have enough manpower. So I'm finding that they are welcoming of legit organizations to come in and help with these cases, the missing kids cases, or, you know, any, any of these things that are happening. Yeah, it doesn't help when you start defunding the police. Exactly. They don't they don't have the resources to do the work. Exactly. And when I saw that that was starting to happen, I said, oh, my gosh, here we go. Here we go. I just that still I cannot get I, I understand why these people want to defund the police. But I do understand that. You know, do you are, understand why now? Yeah, because they're whacked out of their fucking mind. <laughs> They, they don't want us to have the ability to take those kind of operations and those sting operations and take those people down. But they also, you know, a lot of the woke people want to scream social injustice, but we know better. Right. And and they don't want to talk about, you know, even the mainstream media, you know, they're, they're at fault, too, if they were actually putting more of this stuff on TV, more of these stories. And I do give a lot of these news stations credit because I am seeing more coverage on it, like longer pieces, because I was, you know, if, if, if a story got 15 seconds, 20 seconds of an arrest or something, you know, it might just be a story about an arrest, but you know what, focus on the awareness of it, of what's going on. Don't push it to the, to the last segment of your news broadcast where everybody's turned the TV off already or leave it to like the midnight show Put it front and center, turn it into something of awareness, you know, so that parents can really see what's going on and protect their kids. But when you're not covering these stories and I'm having to dig them up every single day to put them out there, I'm doing your job and you're, you're hiding it and people are not seeing what's going on. And now they don't have the opportunity to like, you know, say, Hey, this was down the block for me, or this is, this is in my town. Um, my gosh, it's like right here in my backyard. Exactly. It's in your backyard. And you don't know it because the mainstream media is not telling you. Yeah. And the thing of it is, like, when you're doing those uh, collages of all the things that are going on and all the arrests that are being made, a majority of them are made in my very hometown, in my my area. Because we have this shit going on almost every single day. There's always a teacher getting busted yep. or, you know, there's just people that are sick in the head that are just your normal everyday people that are doing it to their own kids. Uh, 
it's sad to see it happen, you know, and I know it's probably been going on for a long time. It's just, there's not the spotlight on it, but you know, the things that are going on in my area are pretty bad. You know, we just had two uh, school administrators that were basically pimping kids out and they were, they were arrested and not really much of a story done on it. Just, you know, basic little headline. That was it. It's like, no, why don't you go into the story of what the hell they were doing? Right. So you can start letting the parents know what to see and what to do. Right. Because there needs to be more education for parents. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And, and that's what I try to do with social media. You know, please, the last thing that I want to be is on TikTok. I have a love-hate relationship with that app. <laughs> I, I, I tell you. You know, uh, you know, I'm 49 years old, and trust me, I don't want to be on TikTok. <laughs> but yet here I am, um, because I have the furthest reach. You know, I've been on other social media platforms, and I just get—I was constantly getting censored or banned, or, or like Facebook putting me in jail just for breathing the wrong way. Um, so TikTok, you know, as much as they try to take me down, and and I'm on my 28th account. I actually, just made my 29th because the 28th is about to go down. Um, you know, it's, it's, I've gotten the furthest reach. I've, I've made the biggest impact there. I've brought the most awareness there. I've gotten more people involved. I made the best connections on there with the right organizations, the right people that are actually out there doing the work. Um, been able to give the right information to everybody. You know, I'm where I need to be. This is where I wanted to be. I wanted to be boots on the ground. I wanted to be physically making an impact a dent in this problem. And, and I'm out there. I don't need to be on social media. I stay on because I want others to get involved. And if I can help others and give them the information or assist in any type of information of how to get involved in their own states, then yeah, that's why I'm still on there because it's going to take a lot of people and, and, and whoever can get out there and you don't have to get on a plane like I'm getting doing. This was what I wanted to do. So, I mean, anybody that is willing to get on a plane, there are opportunities to sign up with the Shepherds. You know, we did a launch of it. We had 300 people sign up. They are still going through background checks, but they're going to be, it's closed off for now. Um, and those, the first group of people that got through already are already in training, doing Zoom training with the Shepherds offline. Um, I mean, online, um, but off the app privately. And then um, they're going to open up again twice a year, March 1st and September 1st. They're going to be the two enrollment dates for anybody that wants to physically get involved and learn how to do this and get certified. I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's not an overnight thing. You have to be dedicated and willing and wanting to do this. And they are willing to teach you. And that's what we need. We need more of that. And you know, anybody that's out there listening that wants to get involved, you know, you need to reach out to, to a Patriot Mama. Uh, I have you in my link tree. Oh, so they, they can go through my link tree or they can find you on uh, TikTok, Instagram, you know, and they can go through your link tree and find you and, and sign up for that as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so signing up, um, I, that won't be launched again until, like I said, March 1st. But um, in the meantime, um, you know, we have a podcast, too. I have a podcast Mondays and Wednesday nights um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Rumble. That's in my 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 link tree as well, my beacons. Um, 
but we have guests on all the time and especially all of the organizations that are within the shepherds have been coming on. Um, we just had SWAT SWAT league on last week. Um, I have Tiffany coming on again tomorrow night. We're going to be discussing the connections that we're making in Ohio and what's going on in Ohio. Um, but a lot of the education and a lot of, of how to get involved and what to do in your own States in the meantime is what we speak about. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of information in our podcast. Yeah, and I enjoy your podcast. I think it's great. You have a great team of people with you. And I just, you know. Thank you. Every, yeah. Everything you do is just, is amazing and, and great. And I just appreciate someone like you to be able to go out and do what you're doing. Thank you. Everybody so. calls me crazy. My family calls me crazy. <laughs> My husband calls me crazy. He's like, you live in a very, very dark world. I said, I guess I do. I said, but guess what? It's not going to be dark for long. And a lot of these kids don't have parents that care about them. And that's part of the reason why they're running from home or leaving home. And they need to be shown love. And they need to be know that there are those of us out here that are looking to find them and help them in any way we can. So if there's parents that are out there listening to us right now that have no clue about human trafficking, child trafficking, uh, what to look for, what would your advice be? Um, oof, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I have all the links as far as the signs of, and I think we have actually episode 70. Oh gosh. Any episode that Brad Dennis was on, we have all of that information in there. We have, I believe we also did a grooming episode. If I'm not mistaken, no, we did that offline. Um, oh gosh. Episode 70 definitely talked about a lot of what we do out there. I got to go look at the episode that he was on that talked about all of it. But honestly, if you want all of the information as far as like what it looks like, the signs to look for any episode in our channel that has Brad Dennis in it, all of that information is in there. There's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, because it could be anything. You know, I definitely recommend if you have a young child, um, if you can get and they are online or they they gosh, get them off social media, first of all. But I get it. You know, we're not going to completely get every single child off social media. But if you want to protect yourself, get a parental control app. The number one recommended app that I could leave out there is Bark. Get yourself a Bark app so you can, can, you know, pay attention. You know, if you can have the ability to take your kids' phones away at nighttime so that they're not sneaking on their phone at night, thinking that they're talking to a child. Um, and it could be an adult that actually is grooming them, pretending to be a child. Um, there's a lot of extortion going on right now. I have the latest FBI report where there is a satanic pedophile extortion ring out there that the FBI put a report out about what to look for. And it's going on on Roblox, Snapchat, you know, it, it's everywhere. Um, yeah. yeah. I say usually the two worst, I think, in my opinion is discord and yeah. Twitch. Kick Twitch, discord, Twitch, Snapchat, Omegle. Um, they, they're all bad. They, they're everywhere. They are on every app 
they are everywhere. Anywhere a child can be, they are there. Waiting and praying on our children. Yeah. And I think we, when we seen COVID hit and we got locked down, I think that opened up a whole floodgate Absolutely. Of, of things to happen for the kids because they were at home, they're playing on their Xbox or PlayStation. And, and parents had to work and they were tr- trusting the tablets to babysit their kids because they had to work from home and they were trying. Yeah. Yep. Completely agree. The increase in the, the cases of online stuff that went on skyrocketed during lockdown. Especially these kids that were suffering from mental health because, you know, not having the social platforms to be at school and, and talking with their friends and they felt, you know, they're locked up in their house and they were a lot of kids you've seen were just easily just being manipulated. Absolutely. And being groomed. And I hate it when people are out there and they say, oh, well, groomings, they don't, there's no such thing as grooming. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's not only grooming of children, but typically a groomer will groom an entire family. And typically it will be, you know, besides online, I'm talking in real life. A groomer will not only groom a child, but will groom an entire family. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, It's kind of like the, uh, XCNM producer, did you see that story? Which one? There's so many. Uh, <laughs> it was a producer of a lot of the main shows on CNN, and he was grooming the he was finding moms with children. Yes, yes, and, yes. And he was grooming them and paying them money to have sex with their kids and saying it was sexual yep. education. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Renegade's Rant Podcast. You can find the Kentucky Renegade on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, but the easiest way is his link tree, which you can find in his bio. Remember, like, follow, share the show, and be ungovernable.